welcome to Cinemad. I'm here today with two film guys. First, we have Chad Hardigan, the writer-director of This is Martin Bonner. Say hi, Chad, so we know your voice. Hi, this is Chad. And also here today is Chris Goodwin, a writer on the Adult Swim show, China, Illinois. Hi, it's Chris. Guys' voice are kind of like, so I've been helping out. I'll just say your name and stuff. So um, I'm not going to explain what we're going to do, but we're just going to go into it, and then we'll sort of uh, segue from there, and we'll talk more about like what the hell we're doing and why you guys know these things. Okay, so I'm going to start off easy, and I guess we'll just go one-to-one. We'll start with you, Chad. And then I guess if you get it wrong, then we'll see if Chris knows it and vice versa. Okay. Okay, we'll just start super easy. Pulp Fiction. And you want to know the date it came out? Yes. And since you know the box office, you can give me the box office too. All right. My, my ballpark guess for the release date is October 6, 1994. And the box office is $106 million, $107 wow. million. Uh, $107 point something million is right. The date is close. Chris, do you know the date? October 14th, 1994. That is correct. And came out the same day as Little Giants and East of Eden, if you oh. want more information. Well, I did want to do that later, but since you started doing that, yeah, that's, all right. that's another sick thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all happen. Well, we can Giants. save it for later. I, I jumped the gun. <laughs> I was excited. East of Eden, yeah. That's fucking weird, man. Okay, so Chris, uh, another easy one. Car- yeah. Carlito's Way. November 12th, 1993. November 10th. Oh. oh. Wednesday. I got, I got bit on a Wednesday one. It definitely <laughs> came out in Boston on the 12th. That, I'll, I'll clean this right up front. Sometimes, <laughs> okay. Sometimes I won't get the New York, L.A. release dates. Like um, For Reservoir Dogs, I think it may have come out here in L.A. a week before, two weeks before Boston. But it definitely came out. Like, I remember I saw it opening day. I was, like, a huge Scarface fan. So I remember as soon as I could see Carlita's Way, I saw it in the theater, which was, I remember being that Friday. So I think it might have opened in New York on Wednesday, mm-hmm. but definitely L.A. Or I could be off by two days because those Wednesdays can bite you, you know? I, I totally know. You know what that's like? Yeah. <laughs> I know what that feels like. Yeah. Uh, Chad, do you know how much money Carlita's Way made? I am going to say $33 million. Thirty-six. Yes. Yeah. That's insane. I, mean, I think within five million, it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. Good. You can win for that. I, I remember. It, I think it probably opened with twelve. Does that sound right to you? Just close the page. I'm it's, not sure about the opening again. That's crazy that you caught me because, like, I only re- like I remember it all based off weekend. So if I remember any of it, it would be opening weekend. I would never be able to probably guess. So you might know opening weekend. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And you would know total. total I know total. Mostly. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Okay. All right, Chad, uh, another probably easy one, quiz show. Not so easy, because that one probably did open limited. Uh, so I'm not sure. Some Probably September 94. It's definitely 94. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the gross, I want to say, is 25. Yes, 25. And yes, September. It was Chris. September 94, and this is, I have to think now quick. I want to say... It was the 23rd, September 23rd, 1994. 14th. 14th. Limited. So, so you're probably right. It says limited here in parentheses. So yeah. Probably, okay. Do you guys know the studios? That was, I think, Buena Vista. Yeah. Well, Touchstone. Buena Vista, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's weird. Okay. I'm actually doing better than I usually do on the box office. Like, I'm getting... I'm, you're doing I well. I thought I would have gotten one of these. Yeah, you're doing well. He's like, start off hot, like four for four, <laughs> get the touch. 
I, w- I should be keeping track, but Chris, uh, yeah. Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> oh, right. February 98, definitely February 98. I want to say, now I have to count the Fridays down, so I have to go in my head a little bit. It. Sure. Trick question with that title. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know, right? It was 1998. February 13th, 1998, maybe. The 6th. The 6th. I was off by a week. You're close. If that was not a, I don't think that was a limited release. <laughs> they they, they <laughs> platformed Blues Brothers 2000. No, and that's why you'll be shocked at what the box office was. No, it's bad. Yeah. I know it's bad. Uh, real bad. I only want to say, like, 12? Mm. 14. Wow. Yeah. That is I remember it was one of the first appearances of uh, Erica Badu. That's why that movie mm. sticks in my mind. Really? Yeah, she was in that. You were a big Badu fan? I, yeah, yeah, I was. I mean, I like Erica Badu. You know, I like Call Tyrone. About <laughs> Baduism. <laughs> I like that track. Okay, Chad. Uh, we're going towards a little bit, I know, we'll explain this later too, the, the, we're going to the end of your years here. Mm-hmm. Bedazzled. Jesus. Bedazzled. Uh, Bedazzled came out in August, late July or early August. Two thousand. And it probably grossed. Boy, I'm not sure about this one. Maybe... Forty-two, forty-eight. That's close. Uh, it's October. Ah, it was two thousand. Yeah, so bad. that's more towards the end. So bad, we won't go too close. To Did that. you know that? October. Yeah, either thirteenth or the two or twentieth, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I should have given it to you. That's okay. Um, I'll back up a little bit so you guys can get more right. Yeah. <laughs> I think was it the thirteenth or the twentieth? It was twentieth. Yeah. Twentieth. Yeah. You know what? You Real know, qu- Halloween makes sense. Yeah. It's just uh, maybe you know this. Uh, or like that's why you guessed July August. It was delayed. Like it was supposed to come out August two thousand. Really? And um, I think I'm gonna go ahead and say that yes. I you know, know that. yeah. <laughs> but that's the way it works. Like I remember it was delayed, and I remember reading about the delay in Premier Magazine of all places. Right. Yeah, because it was uh, Eddie Murphy was on the cover because Nutty Professor two. Yeah, Nutty Professor two cover. Because <laughs> well, I'm trying to. I'm also trying to make some. Films that you shouldn't remember for any reason. <laughs> yeah. Also, Bedazzled making fifty million, they had to be stoked about that, right? Oh, like, sure. that, 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 yeah. I, I would have yeah. guessed if you asked me the box office, I would have guessed twelve million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Like, they must yeah. have been stoked. It's, it's no Blues Brothers two thousand. No, 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 no Blues Brothers. 2000. Okay, Chris. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know which way I want to go here, but I'm going to say uh, Cool Runnings, October first, nineteen ninety three. Yeah, that's right. Gross has got to be. 65? 68. Wow. That 14 the first weekend, but yeah, 68. That was, yeah, that was a grower. To be fair, yeah. this is also to date, so the last few million. Yeah. It's <laughs> all from re- revival houses. And, <laughs> yeah, re- and re- there might be a big re release of Cool Runnings at some point. These Dougie Doug fans need more. <laughs> um, Great movie. Jamaica got a bobsled team. That movie is one of John Candy's. Yeah, that one like that one's not fair because a lot of people should remember that one. It's funny. Chad, the Saint, the Saint, April. Mm-hmm. 
mid-April, 15, 16 or something, 1990, God, what year was that? 97, I think. Yeah, and, April 4th, 97. Okay. And the gross is also somewhere in the 60s, 64. 61, yeah. Mm. Jesus. Again, they would, yeah, I can't believe it made that much. Well, it also says here it costs 90 to make. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's not. That can't be true. That's not good. Um, oh, yeah, maybe. And then. I did see that in the theater, though. I did, too. One more here, and then I'm going to try something different. All right. Cops and Robertsons. Wow. Saw that in the theater, too. I did, too. <laughs> I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to say February 28, 1994. April 15, 1994. Oh, wow. Tax day. 15 million? 11. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so now let me try something different here. And you, you sort of alluded to it, like... I'm going to give you a film. All right. And then the date, and then we'll see if you know what else was also on that date. All right. Speed 2. Um, Speed 2 was June 13th, 1997. That is correct. And I don't remember <laughs> what would come out the same day. I mean, probably some, if, probably like a comedy, if they people counter-program, but I don't remember mm. what came out that day. But Speed 2, which I didn't, I've never seen. I've never seen Speed 2. Really? Yeah. That's right. Do you remember the tagline? I mean, not the subtitle. Uh, cruise Control. Yeah. Yeah. Tagline's probably not again or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you remember any other film that came out that day? No. Not at all. What did come out that day? Hercules by Disney. Yeah. Limited. Yeah. Uh, it looked, yeah. One theater. Yeah. You're yeah. correct. One theater, One theater is, is what it says on here. So it came out limited. It Just says at the new on this. El Capitan, right? probably. And then it goes wide the next week. That's right. Because yep. I remember as the 20th of June, Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Money. Do you remember money? For Speed yeah. 2? Uh, speed 2 Cruise Control. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be like 43. 48. Wow. Still within five. But mm-hmm. nothing came out besides Hercules? Just Speed 2? Why? Well, I'll, I'm going to lose right, right, right. else. Smaller films came out, which okay. we're going to get to in a second. Let's do another big film, though. Yeah. Uh, Chad, The Mod Squad. The Mod Squad came out, I think, in March of 90... Oh, boy. Is it 98 or 99? I think I want to say 99. Okay. Is it March? March 26, 1999. Okay, yeah. And then any other movies that came out? That's what you're looking for? Or do you know the box office? Oh, box, box office for Mod Squad is not great. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably 18. 13. Mm. Okay, any, do you know what else came out March 20... Wait, did I click on the right thing? March 26, 1999. There are... There's at least one other big movie. Ed TV? Yes! Woo! Ed TV, yeah. Yes. <laughs> And let's see what else we got here. Listed new, smaller stuff. Bad week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's do... Chris, let's do... I'll give you another big one. I'll get into small ones after this. Yeah. 
Here's a big one. <clears throat> All right, wait, I had this whole thing planned out. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kundun. <laughs> it's a little bit of a trick. Kundun? Kundun. <laughs> yeah. That will, I remember that was, I want to say, Christmas Day 1997, right? Yes. All right. Mm. And that Jackie Brown, Christmas Day 1997? Mm. Yes. I chose Jackie Brown. Although my favorite director is Scorsese, I, I think mm. it took me like ten years to see Coon Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember Jackie Brown came out that day, and that's pretty. That's all I remember. But I, it was Christmas Day, so there had to be more shit, more more stuff. I know the week before was Tomorrow Never Dies in Titanic. That's exactly right. Uh, Amistad was probably Christmas Day. Tomorrow Never Dies was the nineteenth. Yeah. Titanic was the seventeenth. Okay. Kundun gross though seven million. Uh, Five point six. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it's crazy. That's crazy. It's also crazy that they all Spielberg, Scorsese, and Quentin Tarantino are movies out. The same. Mm-hmm. That is. Yeah. Same. Following up. I had to lie to Cameron. my parents. To, I, went, I yeah. told them I went to see Titanic, but I really didn't saw Jackie Brown. <laughs> yeah. I was. I was. I think I was able to see what I want. I was able to see what I wanted pretty early. So I had. I saw Jackie Brown like. I didn't have to lie, but I remember, like mm-hmm. my my dad line. Like I remember, um, go like when we he took me to see Goodfellas. I was about eleven, and uh, he lied mm-hmm. to my mom. He was like, "We're taking him to go to the movies," and she's like, "What are you going to see?" And he's like, "Saw him look at the paper," and he's like, "Oh, Ghost." <laughs> and we're driving up there. I was like, "Why are we going to see Ghost?" He's like, "We're not going to see Ghost." <laughs> and then we saw Goodfellas, and that's crazy because Ghost came out July twelfth, nineteen ninety, and then we saw the movie in October, and just. It's funny to think when movies stayed out for three months. You know what I mean? Like that is crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's just crazy to think. Now this it. also says American Werewolf in Paris. Oh yes, oh, that's yeah. exactly right. Mm-hmm. They remade. It was a Tom Everett Scott, mm-hmm. Julie Delpy too. sequel or remake? Same thing. In this case, The Postman, which is Costner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Wag the Dog, which wow. did not do well. Which Boston release I think was January 9th, nineteen ninety eight. So mm-hmm. limited Christmas. That makes sense. Right. So do you guys know? Do you know smaller movies? I would think not. I don't think I'm. It has to be a Hollywood movie. Yeah, they can be obscure. Like I know a lot of the '91 movies, like that. No one, like Eva Destruction, no one will remember. But like, so obscure, yes. But they have to be like, uh, I would consider like major releases. Like you know what I mean? Maybe try try one. Let's try one of your pre-prepared hard ones. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's try this. Yeah, this one for me is in the middle. I don't know. Train spotting. Oh, I think I know that for Boston at least. I was in Cape Cod when it came out. I read it about in USA Today, July nineteenth, nineteen ninety six. That is correct. Mm. Chad, do you know the money? Twenty two. Sixteen point five. Mm. Mm. That one's a little bit harder. Yeah, um, that's still real good. Though. And that's a Miramax release. That's why yeah. it's sort of in the middle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they could they platform, but they also put movies out. Like I think like. Dog, not Dogville, um, the Kevin Smith, Dogma, I think, came out. Mm-hmm. That was a wide release. That was Miramax, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. had some that were bigger. Do you guys know foreign films at all? I probably wouldn't. Um, I can guess. I'll ballpark that, like, you know, Maybe we were yeah. saying, but try, yeah. It was... There's a, well, there, this is an in-between one because it's foreign, but it was released also by Miramax. I don't know why I keep ending up on their titles. Chunking Express. Oh, yeah, probably. I can guess, but you should go for no it. No idea. 95? I was thinking 96, <laughs> July 96. March 8th, 96. All right. Yeah. Um, which is, like, you know, a little fake because 
it was older than that, but Tarantino got a release for yeah. it in yeah. America. Oh yeah, Ro- Rolling Thunder. That was his, yes. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And his video, the video box had his face. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he had his hand to the side of his face. You know, maybe that's not his fault. But, um, so, uh, yeah, while we're on that, March 15th, 1996. What came out that day? Executive Decision. Yes. <laughs> right? yes. yes. Nice. That grossed 55 million? Um, it says 12 here. No, that's, not, like, that's gotta be open. That's opening this, weekend. Yeah. yeah, that's all we've got on this weird page. I used to... That I clicked on. When I saw that, I loved it, that movie, like, so much. Because right. no one know like, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Executive Decision yet, but that was the movie where Steven Seagal was on the poster and, like, literally died in, like, mm-hmm. 15 minutes. Yeah. And people were shocked. People, le- like, some people walked out of that theater... <laughs> Some people be me and my friends. No, we stayed. We stayed. But he remember he like dies and everyone's right. like whoa and like yeah. they do that now a lot with like mm. a summer movie that just came out. I think a lot of my friends thought somebody was gonna be in for the whole movie. And he Wait, wasn't. so is that before? Is it Scream? Drew that was Scream. Before same Scream. before yeah, same year but before Scream. Scream came out the same day as Beavis and Butthead do America. That was a double <laughs> feature I saw both films one night. Uh, and so documentaries are probably way out. Uh, I can kind of remember Hoop Dreams, but Ballpark, because like... What is, I have Hoop Dreams over there. <laughs> yeah. You like those Miramax releases. Uh, that Fine, w- Fine Line. Fine Line. Mm-hmm. According to this. I was, it was a bigger, it was pretty big was, as far as the doc goes. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's probably one of the biggest docs, you know, like, or memorable ones. Yeah. I love it so much. I would say November 94 is when I, I think I saw it or heard of it. So wait, what do you think the date is? Um... Yeah, I, I wouldn't know. I can ballpark November 94, but if I can make a guess, I would say... October 14th. October 14th. Mm-hmm. The same day as Pulp Fiction, East of Eden, and Little Giants. What a <laughs> historic day. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I picked these totally random. Yeah. Because uh, that was like the biggest doc I could find. Do you know the money for docs? That's probably too obscure. I think... Uh, for Hoop Dreams, yeah. I can get it within five by saying zero, probably. <laughs> like four. No, that is fair for a documentary <laughs> box office, but 7.7, 7, yeah, yeah, which is pretty big. amazing. The, the, yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> the, yeah. Yeah, so, and then something, oh, I have one more sort of in between yeah. to Bad Lieutenant. Yeah, I, I, that would be, I definitely know it was, J, I remember it came out in Boston in January 93. And I wouldn't know the date, but it was Jer- it was definitely like, because like he hosted Saturday Night Live in January 1993. I think it was because of Bad Lieutenant. Keitel? Keitel hosted Saturday Night Live. Wow. Yeah. Promoting Bad Lieutenant. That was crazy. Is that, that the that one where he crazy. has the uh, skit with Pat? Yeah. A great skit. Yeah. And he, the, and he was a subway, like him and Alan Cleghorn were subway uh, drivers. No, that's not the word. But yes, I guess drivers, and they bo- they talk like subway conductors do, like over the uh, mm-hmm. loudspeaker, right. like. Rrr. I just I remember that. It wasn't that like yeah, funny. Have, <laughs> here for why they have November twentieth, ninety two. Yeah, so that makes sense that it would come out later. Come on, way late. Yeah, and two million, not much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two ninety three, ninety two, and for some reason ninety one and ninety are the years I remember like, really the most know. vividly. Yeah, just right. the, like vi- like just vividly. Like, I can remember, like, the... And then how, how, what can you connect it to? How old were you during those dates? Like, 11, when I, I was about, like, 11 and 8, or 10, yeah, 10 when I first started being able to do it, and I remember it was this, it was this summer 25 years ago, like, Mm -hmm. the Batman, like, Batman, I'm sorry, Batman, Ghostbusters 2, 
Renegades, No Holds Barred. They all came out in June. And Do the Right Thing, which is turning 25, I think, on Monday. It came mm-hmm. out the same day as Karate Kid 3. And I can kind of remember that next weekend was Weekend at Bernie's Lethal Weapon 2. And then, like, kind of forget. And then, for for real, in earnest, 1990. I can start. That's when I started. Right. Yeah. And then, did, how did this manifest it? Because there's no reason at all anyone would care. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how... Other kids? Other kids, what you... Would, like, you'd be like... Other kids, you'd always just be talking about it? I think... Oh, I think someone, like, people who have, like, tried to make a guess seem to think that's photographic, that I did it from movie posters, and also reading, like, the Boston Globe. I grew up in Boston, and, like, I would read the paper every Friday and reading the Globe, just, like, looking at the posters and going to see the movies that day. Mm-hmm. Somehow they stuck. And I don't know why, but, like, they just... Yeah, so I guess it's photographic. Like, I never never studied it. I sometimes test myself to see if, if I remember, but I don't really do any research. It just, yeah. like... It would be weird. That's why, like, you know, it's all our personal timeline, really. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to go back and look at, like, when, like, Coming to America came out or, like, a movie before I can do it because I'd forget. You know what I mean? Just, right. like... Do you remember other dates not movie-related Some way? You mean, like, dates in my timeline and stuff? Yeah, like... Like, the date of your prom is it so easy to remember that too? It is because I didn't go. <laughs> I skipped it to go see Con Air. Like I was so excited to see Con Air. Well, no, now it's back to movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but it is. I didn't go, but it was the day of Con Air, and I was like, "Yo, Con Air is coming out, man! I'm gonna yeah. be the first to see this shit." <laughs> so basically, ten, ten to twenty, an age. Like, when did it start to fade? It, you know, some I remember. It faded when I was probably twenty. It three and it fades like it depends like if I'm stressed out or overworked I, it'll be hard to access right but if I'm like relaxed maybe even on vacation or something whatever like it's easier to access mm-hmm. but I guess I don't know the fade probably started around 2004 I can I think I remember most 2001 2002 pretty solidly but like but it still happens like I you know I can remember some films like if asked but it's definitely not as like like lockdown is like 1991 right and that chat it's a little bit even weirder for you because you weren't living in america as a kid (laughs) yeah and i got into it via the box office yeah i was visiting america for the summer of 93 and i saw jurassic park and then i read in the newspaper that it had broken the opening weekend box office record and i was just like oh i wonder what had the record before and then i became really really interested in the box office it was my yeah. hobby and so it was before the internet and before I really used a computer so mm-hmm. I went to the library every day for like eight hours a day and went through every back issue of Variety and wrote down in my notebook every movie's box office <laughs> one yeah. by one and so uh, it, that was only so that I could reach a point where I could update it regularly and it was comprehensive Right. and so I only did that once but just that process of doing it kind of like just burned a lot of it into my head and then after that week by week I would in the I would flip the page of my notebook and write the top 20 of each weekend wow so and then when when we got the internet and we got a computer I just started updating it on like Excel spreadsheets and stuff because I was really really fascinated by the box office so for a while though and it would would you say you were living in Cyprus mm-hmm and what was the movie culture there? Were the movies actually going there later? Yeah, much later. There was bas- I lived in Nicosia, Cyprus, and there was basically one movie theater, single screen. By the time we left in 94, uh, 95, 
there was finally another cinema with two screens, so three total. <laughs> but uh, I remember seeing Home Alone 2 in summer, and that came out in November in America. So it, back then, it was a long wait to get to the movies. It was and a very, Christmas movie, too. It was crazy. <laughs> and, uh, and it was very much like curated by somebody, because so, you could only play one movie. Right. Uh, so I had very little options and got everything late. But at the same time, it was a, it was a different era, and getting it that late, there was no spoilers or anything. It was still like brand new to me, and I hadn't heard anything about them. So. Right. But then, so that's why you're a little off on the release dates, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and especially before 93. Once I started paying attention, like, I would get... My dad actually uh, had Entertainment Weekly DHL'd to us, so <laughs> wow. I had uh, I was two weeks behind, mm-hmm. uh, when I, and I would get the box office and, and write it in two weeks behind, and then I, I remember very vividly the day that my dad just came into my room, and he had a piece of paper he had printed out from the internet, and it was this was Sunday night, and it was that weekend's box office. Do you remember the date? Mind was blown. It was the whatever weekend in June, maybe you know, that... Uh, Pocahontas was number one, and Batman Forever was number two. 1995. Uh, yeah, it's June 95. Pocahontas' first weekend, yeah. Batman's second weekend. Yeah. Uh, and he just like handed it to me, and I was like, what's this? And he's like, it's the box office from this weekend. And I'm like, no way. Because I was used to waiting <laughs> yeah. like two weeks for it. Uh, right. So that that whole era, and then I, pay, I paid attention religiously. I like made all these lists until uh, I got a job doing box office stuff like predicting it and reporting it for a company here in LA and I was like got my dream job and then like within a few months of it being my actual job I started to hate it (laughs) now do you do you still like to do it because I still love it like I love box office I remember like CNN used to I remember uh, CNN used to have like an entertainment you you get it Sunday like Sunday night CNN would like broadcast it now as you know Friday, you'll know what a movie. Like, I'm sure people know what the movie comes out this weekend. We'll make already. Yeah. But mm-hmm. do you like to predict it now? Because you say you had a job and you hate it. But like, when you see a trailer for a movie like Hercules, do you say like, does a number come out in your mind where it's like that's going to do that much? No, better? it really. The job really, really took it all away from me. It spoiled but, everything. Wow. wow. It's totally gone. And I was I worked the job for five years, and it was a great job, like a wonderful day job. In yeah. that it was flexible. It was easy. It was movie related. All that stuff. But uh, I reached a point where my own personal taste and the movies that I was, like, spending yeah. my free time trying to make were so different, and it was, like, really depressing having to, every Monday, come in and be like, oh, man, that movie made that much. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so I really got soured from it all. And now I, uh, especially the first year after the job, I was, like, so happy to not have to care about yeah. it. And mm. I've, I've been enjoying that. But, but I think you're lucky to be able to get a job you know, based off that, because, like, I like to do, sometimes, like, look, when I hear about a movie, I'll try to guess when it'll come out. Like, oh, that seems like it'll come out in the spring or in the, like, mm-hmm. summer, easy. Summer's easy, you know, but, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's probably come out in the fall. And I like, but, like, no one's gonna, like, like, my thing is, like, not something, you know, someone would hire me for. Yeah. Because it's, like, no, like, trend or anything. Like, you but it's real, able... for, at what point did it become a formula? Probably before the 90s. For, like, like, okay, someone else is releasing an action film, so we have to release a comedy, being a, a two studios. Oh, the kind of programming thing, I think that probably always was happening, right? Yeah. 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 But I don't think, I, I mean, I, we'd have to see in the 50s. The 50s and the 60s, so much shit's coming out. Yeah. It's got to be something from the 80s. Marketing's really taking over. Yeah. yeah. There's blockbusters after Jaws and Rocky. And well, it's, it ha- there is, it's been cyclical for a long time, and like... 
mm-hmm. I could definitely in my job see that Warner Brothers was releasing a like huge wannabe movie every first weekend of March. That still happens. Yeah, three hundred came out this March. Uh, so okay. they still do that, and then like for a while, Lionsgate was releasing a Dane Cook comedy every se- second weekend of September yeah. yearly. They do the Tyler Perry movies the same weekend every year. Uh, it's mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I, I'm sure it's been. Like, those trends have been there forever. Yeah, I love... I, but the trend I've noticed happening, like, you know, the like Executive Decision, Warner Brothers movie came out third week of March, yeah. you know, 96. <laughs> but the, I've noticed that the February... There's, like, a February weekend now. I think it's Valentine's mm-hmm. Day or right around there where, like, Fox put out Jumper, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. like, that now, that's a big, like... Like, I think the Wachowski movie just got delayed to February of next year. I think that's a... That is like a tentpole week now. Yes, yeah, President's Day weekend. President's Day weekend. weekend. Yeah, four day weekend, and I think it's like a movie that may have been bumped from the summer, or just like we'd like to like not be in, you mm-hmm. know, the way of these other movies. But yeah, that President's Day has now become like a tentpole weekend. Mm-hmm. What? And then how did that affect your day to day lives? Were you just you're just kids that liked movies? No, I mean I I was a total nerd and and. Uh, <laughs> I, How did I first it affect moved, your sex life? When I first moved to America, it was eighth grade, yeah. and my way of trying to make friends was I would go around with my notebook and ask people, like, I would poll them and be yeah. like, what's your favorite movie? What movies are you looking forward to this summer? <laughs> and uh, and I got, like, a reputation as being, like, the annoying kid that takes surveys. So, uh, did you have glasses then, Oh, yeah, too? for yeah. sure. And so it was a big part of my life and uh, eventually I realized that it was like, maybe you like put that one in the back burner in the social situation. Because you yes. weren't talking about what happened in the films as much? No. It didn't matter if you'd seen them or not. It was like, well, what makes you want to see that one? <laughs> so. Wow. And then, Chris, were you like, did you have other kids that, did you have to hide it? No, I didn't have to hide it. I remember, like, you know, it was weird. I, I think people are kind of, even now, like, kind of partly impressed by it, kind of mystified by it. Dudes like it way more than girls. <laughs> Back then, now, like, like I think my girlfriend, mm-hmm. like, thinks it's all right, but, she, you know, she's, like, I think she's, like, because she has to hear everybody, like, because I'll be at a party now, and, like, people are cool about it, but it will be like, oh, check this out, you know. <laughs> he knows this. It's a guy I've been telling you about, and, like, all my friends who have known me forever have to, like, wait for four minutes while, like, you know, I tell someone when Dutch came out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Dutch, like, classic. Dutch came out. Oh, that was a great July. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, I remember, though, my friends, like, they like movies, and we would, I would always be the one to, like, organize, okay, we're going to see this movie, and... Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah, but like I remember one situation where one of my friends I grew up in, outside of Boston heard about it and was like, "Oh, for real?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right." We walked into a video store and he's like, "Check this out. This kid's gonna be able to know all the release dates." And he made five bucks a movie until I got like thirty bucks, and then we started getting free rentals. But like we tried to like hustle some people. It's really it's the weirdest hustle of all time. <laughs> and. Yeah, it would be the weirdest hustle, like, walking to, like, a blockbuster, and, like, no one really right. cares, especially, like, you know, but the small video stores, especially in Boston, they liked it, they were like, wow, that's impressive, and, you mm-hmm. know, they maybe gave me a poster or something like that. But, but it didn't help you get a job. No, it it, 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 it it kind of does now, and, you know, I can get into that later, but, like, at Sundance this year, mm-hmm. I met one of the IMB, IMB, 
IMBD. IMDb. <laughs> Thank you, dude. And he didn't really feel he was cool, but he really didn't wasn't really impressed by it at all. Like, really? Yeah, he was like, "All right, that's all right," but like he maybe thought I was like making it up. But I remember in like 2002 during my internship, emailing them, I'm like, I, "IMDb, I can do this. Trust me, you need me. <laughs> you need me on this team." And you know, nothing ever happened. But like, yeah. So mm-hmm. I think um, it helps. It helps people. It just I, for you, I'm sure. It underscores how much I love movies, and mm. people like, oh, if he can knows this much or remembers this much, he, he he you know, he must know a lot about movies. And for writing, for comedy writing, it's helpful because like a lot of comedy is like referential, and like we mm. make fun of different genres. And to understand when the movies came out, like I know a lot, I've seen a lot of movies, so I know a lot of genres. Mm-hmm. But like I definitely got the job in China, Illinois. Like Brad Neely was completely impressed. And I was like, oh, you must know. But but it, it, it was right. deeper than that. Like, you must know movies. You must know stories. And yeah. his show is like, he plays with genre. And like, you know, if you're going to do a kind of genre, like riff, it's good to know how those beats happen. You know yeah. what I mean? How the, so, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's helped. And the job, I was just on a show called the Lucas Brothers Moving Company. And they're really referential. Like, they reference mm-hmm. the 90s all the time. There's an episode where they go back in time and end up in the premiere at Vampire in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And they're like, when was that? October 27, 1995. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Stuff like that. I didn't work in an episode, but they're like, they were able to be like, when they know what came out around then, they're like, oh, we can make fun of, like, we just did an episode based off Tales from the Hood, and that came out the same day as Braveheart, 1995. Uh-huh. So they're like, oh, if that was out around then, here's what we can make fun of mm-hmm. around then, you know? So, like, it, right. it, it impresses people. It, 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 but I've never been able it's helped but I've never like you you know you got a job doing box office I've never been able to get paid because yeah. I remember like you know right. certain release dates well what's also weird is, is like as as comedy goes still Adult Swim is weird and different yeah and this is Martin Bonner. At least one critic would call that intelligent. So, <laughs> so no, it's just, the one that saw it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's this really great, true indie film that's smart and adult. But you guys have become obsessed with promotion and money. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's why you know the things, but you're not dealing with. You're not making crap movies. Yeah. TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because like I just like. I love I love sports, you know, and I like them now. Mm-hmm. I went through a period where I didn't really pay attention, but growing up in Boston, I grew up loving sports, and I like stat like I love stats. I love trades, mm-hmm. like the draft NBA draft just happened, and I love that day the most because there's like all these trades go down, all these scenarios, like intrigue. Like there is a certain part of me that like just likes numbers and stats and just trying to figure out. And I just never did anything deeper with it because I just wanted to like write and do movies. But yeah, it it was. It's something like I don't think my parents even know about it. Like my sister doesn't know. My family doesn't know about it. My friends are about can, to. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they they love this podcast. So they just wait for the new. You might have to send them the link. Yeah, I but might. They don't know. They don't know you could do this. No, they don't. It's crazy. And like I, I don't know if they would even like what they would do. Like I, I think <laughs> they'd probably just be like, "That's nice." Be like, where was that when your grades? Were yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know about you, but I was bad student. Yeah, like, I, was I was bad student too. Yeah, really, not good at math. No, no, I'm great at math, but I just was not. I didn't apply myself in school at all. I had no interest in like school, school. Yep. Right. I um, no but did you guys make films when you were teenagers at the same time? Yeah. Uh, 
messed around with a video camera. I wouldn't say yeah, I yeah. made films. No, that's all. Yeah. Like nothing was I never like pieced together a, a story. <laughs> I made a couple. I made Heads Will Roll, which I used uh, Mario Paint for the title sequence. <laughs> and I, I remember like using Mario Paint, like making all these skulls. It was like an, I love that. Like I like you said, my favorite movies to start were action movies. Like I love mm-hmm. it. So that's what I thought I was gonna try to do. So I remember using like Mario Paint to make the title sequence and I wanted like I, an Ice Cube song to play and literally I was stopping it and starting it like for a new title like directed <laughs> by okay stop it and start it again <laughs> and then I made a couple movies and like I, yeah but I remember this like not like for me growing up in like a town called Lynn I loved movies and wanted to be here in LA like working on film but like it's not a realistic option so I kind of didn't think I could do it, so I kind of lost my way a little bit. And then when I got a little older, like 17, I was like, okay, I, I should do this and get out of this town. And But I mm. definitely didn't think it was going to be something I could really do, even though my dream of all dreams was to like work in L.A. and be a director or whatever. But um, mm. I just didn't think it was something that people did. So, Right. Yeah. I don't think it's all that weird to, uh, to grow out of the Hollywood movies. Because I really, I, I feel like I was super into them in high school and when I was a teenager because that's who those movies are made for. Yeah. And some people don't grow out of it, uh, but I think pe- people that are interested in it just kind of automatically do because mm-hmm. then you, once you're interested, you're like, well, what else can you do? Like, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I saw every movie that came out multiple times in the theater in the summer of 96, 97, 98, and now, mm-hmm. like, in the last four years, I, like... You yeah. couldn't pay me to go see a big Hollywood movie. <laughs> I was going to ask you that because, like, I stopped going to all of them, but mm-hmm. I still, like, I crave that, like, I guess cheeseburger feeling. Like, I still crave, like, I'll drive by the Vista and see, like, the Captain America marquee and still be like, oh, man, I, if it's good, I know it's going to make you feel good. Yeah. Well, so, I, yeah. I, I, crave, I still like those movies. I crave the experience. I, I, lo- I wish, like, the movies that I wanted to see I could go to on a Friday night yeah. and they'd be packed and people yeah. would be into it and it would be fun. But they're not. Like, if the movies I want to see, I have to go to, you know, the new art, and there'll be, like, seven old couples and me. <laughs> and it's a different experience, so that's a bit of a bummer. I've been in L.A. a pretty long time, even before the arc light. Like, not too long, but, like, eight months before I moved. Like, eight months after I moved to L.A., the arc light opened. And all the movies, like, all the indie films would play at Sunset 5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those movies were packed. Like, I remember going to see movies, like, in 2002, like, I saw a storytelling mm-hmm. on a Sunday at like four, and it was sold out. Mm. And so we're lucky. Like I remember, like the arc light, like most movies. Like you know, I saw Under Her Skin or Under the Skin, which is mm-hmm. you know art, an indie film, but that was packed. The arc light, yeah, that so, was packed. So some of them will, but yeah, even like the other level of films that awesome movies that at the new art. Like, I remember going to see JCVD there, and there was maybe two people there. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good movie. So, like, there's a level of, like, film now that, like, just no one's going to be there. Yeah. Well, well, and it's still, like, the indie world has become uh, stuck in promotion, especially yeah. as Chad might be able to say right now, having released an indie film. And, like, and how much, how, when you were making that, like, did you... You knew what you were making. Yeah. You're in Indie World now. It's not like uh, Box Office ever entered into it. No. And, in fact, like, the movie was barely released and grossed uh, $13,000. But I would still, <laughs> like, at the time of making it, 
if you told me that, I'd be like, get out of town. There's it's, no one's going to release this movie. Right. So it was our it was a huge win to mm-hmm. even yeah. to get there. But I because I was very realistic about the movie I was making, and also like my status, like uh, I was a total nobody making a movie with other nobodies, uh, and it's yeah. hard enough to get like festivals to care about that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we considered it a huge win. Now, are you like in a spot where like the next movie you're trying to make is like they want like the same kind of movie but a little bigger? Or are you just trying to, in terms of scale, hot like I'm trying to yeah grow. I'm yeah. trying to. Well, I mean, no one should make movies for as little as I made. This is Martin Bonner. Yeah. I don't recommend that to anybody. Uh, definitely trying to grow, and um, it's been strange. You know, I've watched other people premiere movies at Sundance and then get hired to make Jurassic Park 4. Yeah, like, meet, meet on, like, these huge movies. Uh, and then, it shocks me. And then, like, my experience is that I, and after Sundance, and especially after the Spirit Awards, I could get a lot of meetings, but yeah. people are still, no one's, like, offering me to direct anything. Like, maybe it's, maybe it's what This Is Martin Bonner is, or, or what. Uh, but there are a lot of opportunities for me to push my own stuff through, which is what I'm doing. And uh, so it's gonna the next movie I'm making is is gonna be bigger, like somewhere around a million bucks. Cool. And hopefully have a little bit of name talent in it. Yeah. But it's still gonna be a weird movie. And if it makes a million bucks, I'll be very surprised. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, but you never know. It's like I I, I don't make antagonistic movies, uh, so. It's going to be a very specific style. It's going to yeah. be very specific. It's going to have like a. Well, a, if if this Martin if this is Martin Bonner, had a, it's as simple as not even like Brad Pitt, like a someone of that kind of stature, but who made sense. Yeah. In that maybe like Terrence Stamp, I mean, he's a little too intense, but he's older and he's a really good actor. But people kind of know him, and he has enough of like street cred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really the one thing that would have changed. You could have yeah. had the exact same dialogue. You could have shot it the same way. Yeah. But yeah. there's this promotion element that for sure. Off I think yeah, it's all about marketing, and and a lot of people like to give Megan Ellison a lot of credit for being like the savior of independent film, and I think that Megan Ellison is doing great stuff. But I think if she really wanted to save independent film, yeah. she would not finance forty million dollar movies, but she would finance. Five million dollar movies and spend thirty five million marketing them and convincing people that they were big movies because I honestly believe that there's no difference between Nebraska and This Is Martin Bonner. It, it, if anything, Nebraska is more antagonistic because it's black and white, uh, mm-hmm. and the only difference is that one had a, a huge Paramount marketing budget and can gross eleven million dollars or whatever it did. And the other one had no marketing budget, and so no one just hears about it. And if movies like Drinking Buddies or, I don't know, whatever, movies of that size, if they were released in 3,000 screens and the actors were on The Tonight Show, people would not have any concept of it being an indie movie, and they would go see it and they would probably enjoy it. Yeah, but that's, I worry, because like, I... I kind of felt like that too like there's movies that can be marketed to look different but like I feel like now I don't, I don't think it's like tricking anybody I really don't yeah, I, I think just, those are crowd pleasing movies I just I, I think I know people growing up like people, my friends back home if they saw Drinking Buddies and I love that movie just wouldn't like it and with Twitter they would just be like I saw this piece of like that I don't think it's a bad movie but like it's mm. it's kind of risky I, I agree with you but like I, I, I do think that some movies even 
because that is an enjoyable film. But I think or another yeah. example might be Short Term Twelve. Yeah, that that's that, if that, that was could have been if that had better. a twenty million dollar marketing budget, that yeah. could have been a movie that like my mom would have seen and been like, that was a great movie. That I agree mm-hmm. with, and it also has an angle of like maybe like a social angle where it's like it's about this thing and like people should see it. I, when I saw that movie, I was like, yeah, the, people should see this on field trips. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. people sh- a lot of people should see this movie. My mom would definitely like it. That's always the the indie film gauge I always play with. Like, yeah. My dad like this because yeah. when I see a movie, like my dad loves films, not like indie films, but I, I there's a level where I like oh he might like he might go down to like he might like this movie like Placement in the Pines, not a small indie movie, but like I know he would like it. he In loved between. it. Yeah. In between, it's a mm-hmm. between us. So I always like to play with like how. How small can I get him to go? And I've gotten to go pretty small with movies. Like I'll see movies at Sundance that like are crime based. Like, like my dad would love Cold in July, for example. So I always play that game of like how how small would he go? You know, and it's a fun game to play. Well, yeah. I think that Roadside Attractions actually did what I'm talking about successfully with Mud, where they yeah. could have released that like uh, like Lionsgate released Joe. I feel like Mud and Joe are like the same exact movie. Yeah. And they both have one A-list star. Yep. They're both like Southern Gothic like yep. crime things. And one was released as if it was a big movie that yep. you could take your dad to, and one was released as if it was an indie. And the difference is like one made three hundred thousand and one made twenty five million. Mm-hmm. But Mud made twenty five million. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is pretty insane. That is insane. Yeah. As big he is he that is that is is McConaughey that big though now. That's a little bit to do with it. I, yeah, but Nicolas Cage is still big. True. McConaughey, well, definitely he's gone through, like, he's, I don't know if he's a big, can open a movie, but he's really popular right now, yeah. you know, like, yeah. it's crazy. But this was in the early, this was only post-Magic Mike. This is still pre-Dallas Buyers Club, pre... Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. True Detective. Pretty true, true Detective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that this is like my this is like a foolproof idea. Uh, it's still risky, but I, well, I remember think... remember for a while, the Festival Laurels on the poster. There was a blip in time when you better have those because they yeah. have those cash. Yeah, that doesn't mean it anymore. Yeah. Well, for it's me, like, something. Yeah, like I I see every movie. I'll still see bigger budget movies. I I don't. Like, I like comedy. I write in comedy. I don't really see a lot of comedies. Like, I just don't need to, like... Like, mm-hmm. I love crime movies, dramas. Like, I don't want to see what I've been working in. But I'll see all scopes of films. But I definitely remember in the mid-'90s loving all blockbusters and just, like, seeing Pulp Fiction. And then, like, seeing, like, movies smaller than that and weird movies and just kind of feeling like you felt where it's like, oh, you know, I, um, I stopped watching big-budget films. And I still mm-hmm. like them, but, like, I remember just feeling like that sea change in me where it's like oh I like everything now and then like Tarantino's so great cause like when you're like 13 and you see one of his films he references so much stuff and you're like oh what is you know mm-hmm. Anna Karina or like what is like Godard who is Godard and then you start to watch those movies yeah I, I remember yeah. when we were we when after Pulp Fiction came out it was a few months later that we saw the Scorsese doc with um where the guy actually talks about how he really put a hypodermic in somebody he drew a circle on her chest and really did it. Wow. And, then, and so we felt, we loved Pulp Fiction so much that we felt betrayed <laughs> that he didn't tell us that he took this. And then, you yeah. know, it's pretty easy to connect the dots after that and we heard about it from Reservoir Dogs. And for a while, we took it so personally. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, like, it was just like, oh, shit, like, Van Gogh just, like, grabbed somebody else's paintings and didn't actually do it. Mm-hmm. And then, as time goes on, yeah. and... 
you know, early 20s when that came out. And then when time goes on, it's just like, well, you know, it does hold up over time. You do see, you do see what he's doing. You do see how he handles dialogue, how he handles character, how he keeps the film fun yeah. and stuff. And so as long as somebody doesn't say, he comes up with all these amazing things. Like, yeah. well, yeah, he's a great artist of a certain kind. Yeah. And then it doesn't bother you so much. But it's just like, and then you're like, why did that even bother me that much? Yeah. Why was I so fucking angry? Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like, I know how you can feel angry. I, for, like, for me, I grew up, like, I love, I'm obsessed with, like, hip-hop, right? And mm-hmm. I remember, like, listening to the first Wu-Tang album, and, like, what I like about that is kind of the same way as a Tarantino movie. It's, like, they'll reference, like, cock, the Caucasus Mountains, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, you know what I mean? Like, they'll reference, like, mm-hmm. Mary Poppins and cooler stuff, like Kung Fu movies, obviously, everyone. But, like, right. there was this, they would reference things, and it would make me want to go, like, check out, like, oh, I don't know Truck Turner, I don't know this mm-hmm. movie or this Kung Fu movie or this comedian. Like, right. I didn't know who Dick Gregory was until I heard him reference on a rap song. I checked him out, Mom's Mabley. So, like... Yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah, when I got the Tarantino, I was like, oh, that's a uh, way. But, like, if... Yeah, but I know what it's like now. It's like... You can still feel kind of like, oh man, I thought you wish that that was their idea. Yeah, but, yeah. We were also excited though. I was in in high school before you guys were born, and, and um, <laughs> no, I remember in ninety, no, in eighty six when Full Metal Jacket came out. Yeah. Did you do that date? Is that too? Early? No, it was 80, 86, 87. You I think it's eighty seven. Eighty seven. Eighty seven is Platoon eighty six. Platoon's eighty six. Okay. Yeah. So Full Metal Jacket came out. We liked it better. I don't know why we connected with that more than something like Platoon. It's better. It is better. I, I, <laughs> All right, yeah. we'll just say that. Yeah. And it's, then, way, it's awesome. And then we were so excited when we would we bought Ministry's new album, and mm-hmm. then they sampled. You know, yeah. get up, get off your feet. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, that's fucking awesome. But, you know, <laughs> it was it was like we had the secret language. Mm-hmm. For the hip hop example is, and everyone knows this, but Two Live Crew. Me so horny. That's from Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know that. I was like, oh, that's awesome. They some girls singing that hook, and I was like, oh, that's from a movie they saw. No, when, we, when I rewatched it recently, and it's crazy. There's so much stuff I forgot. That yeah. film is so just into culture, and then it's interesting because yeah, like you didn't even know it's from a movie. And, yeah, 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 I didn't know. And, and stuff like that. But then, then you get back to it, like, well. Maybe I should uh, make a film that changes someone's life instead of just influences <laughs> the song. But I, now, are, is, are TV channels, at least with your experience, are they having these same sort of discussions? Like, you mean like? Well, box office isn't ever a discussion, no. right? Oh no, I mean, you mean on like? Like when you're writing for a show, is there ever anybody like, well, we need to make sure? I guess ratings. It wouldn't come to like. If, if I'm just a staff writer, that wouldn't get to my, that would not get to my level. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. people who run the shows I work on are constantly hearing this, or they would if they had to deal with it. If anybody would have to deal with it, it would be them. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like at this level, I'm just helping the showrunner do the show he wants to do. Like it's not my show; it's his, and I just help him make, make it funny or like blah blah right. blah. But I'm not, yeah, so I don't really, you know, ratings talk doesn't get down to me, but I hear, like, Adult Swim, they, they're they so popular. Like, China, Illinois was, like, beating Homeland, you know, and, like, oh, wow. week to week, and, and Homeland is just a big deal, it wins Emmys, but, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, Adult Swim shows get better ratings, you know? And now, Chad, when you're asking people to fund this new film, I assume you do have to have that discussion. Uh, How are they going to get their money back? Yeah, that comes up. It's... Uh, it's not quite framed like so crassly, <laughs> uh, 
but and but you do have to kind of answer to like who's the audience going to be and like yeah. how are you going to exactly engage them. Mm-hmm. But I have had very specific experiences where I would just go into production companies for like a general meeting mm-hmm. or uh, someone who's liked Martin Bonner and then maybe I'm going to tell them about some other stuff I'm interested in doing. And often I'll try and sneak in. It's like a good card that you have on like dates, except it's the opposite of a good card for a date. Uh where I know that if I can sneak this info out, like this person at this production company will think it's cool and they'll like remember me and they'll also like. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that you can do the box office? Yeah, yeah. So, and then they'll mm-hmm. test me. They always test me and I usually get it right. And then they're like, wow, that's really interesting. And then I think that it can't help but uh, make me seem like I know what I'm doing, even though it has nothing to do with making movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. It's helped me, like, it totally helps. I try not to mention it, like I know, but I know it's there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a weird meeting. All right, check this out. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I hate when my friends do this. Like I remember, I, I will be mm-hmm. at parties and my friends will just like kind of check this out. He does this, and I get I roll my eyes. But like, mm-hmm. I'm like I don't like that. But going through a meeting and it's not going well or whatever, it's like, oh, do you know what I can do? Like I'll, I'll definitely like use that and play mm-hmm. play with yeah, it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny because I like my. All my bosses, too, they'll be pretty impressed, but I mm-hmm. got into a situation, I was an assistant and uh, to a director, and he was me with uh, Ivan Reitman, mm-hmm. and I had to go drop something off while they were having a meeting, and he was like, oh, Ivan, check this out, Chris can do this, <laughs> and he asked me a couple, and I got them all right, and he looked at me and said, that's a really useless skill, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, it's no, it's no, it's no uh, six days, seven nights, but <laughs> it's all right, but he did do Ghostbusters, so he can make fun of me. That's kind of rude. Mm. Any memories that are non-movie related, but the date? Yeah, I'm good with dates in general because because yeah. I not uh, I not only kept those notebooks of the box office stuff, but I've kept planners. I, I buy mm. planners, and instead of like writing what I have coming up, I just every night wrote what I did. Yeah. Uh, mm. So it's and then I like to go back every once in a while if I'm bored and see like oh what did I do like seven years ago today. Uh, and I've done that enough times that some very particular events stick out. And, yeah. Like, I know the dates that I started dating, like, my significant relationships and all that stuff because of keeping the planner. Interesting. Yeah, it, it, it helps you, like, like for me it was a way, just, it just stores my memories. Like, I'll remember, you ask me a movie, and I'll, remember, I'll see a date, and then I'll remember what I did. And then mm. I remember the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I right. just... Sometimes, like, people ask me movies, I never, I don't even remember what they are, but I know when they came out. Like, someone asked me a far and away place. Have you ever, do you remember this movie? A far off place? It was at Ethan Embry, Reese yeah. Witherspoon. A far off far place. Far place. I don't even, didn't even remember it, but I just said out loud March 19th, 1993. And I think that was the day Point of Return came out. I was in Florida at Universal <laughs> Studios. You know, that, that, that's how it works. And... I remember Point No Return. Return. Yeah, which was the remember the little film. Uh, yeah, yeah. remake. Yeah. And it, I, far away, uh, far off place. What date did you say? I remember it's March nineteenth, nineteen ninety three. Twelfth. Twelfth. Okay, so I'm off by a week. No. But oh, twelfth was I want to know if I'm right. CB four. Uh, hold on, I gotta look at it. Yeah, look it up. Right. CB four and Fire in the Sky. Yeah, that was a hot, hot race. That's still the record for the closest gap between number one and number two. Well, one Fire in the Sky. CB four. CB four, man. Ah, wait, I'm not actually positive. Might have been Fire in the Sky. Okay, March 12th, CB4, yes. Fire yeah. in the Sky, yes. Now let's see what I've got here for the box office. They, it was, uh, this, well, I got, I got it to date, so not the... Yeah. They were within, like, thousands of dollars of each other. 
That's the closest. Closest to in a weekend. That I, if that might have been broken by Minority Report and Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? You know why the those movies only made a certain amount of money, and this is where my my memory mm-hmm. comes in because it was a blizz, a big East Coast blizzard. Oh, okay. the, the yeah. CB4 weekend? CB4 weekend. And, like, both movies made around $6 million, I want to say. Yeah, it was a yes. real low weekend. And because, yes. like, we, I was so pissed because all we talked about was going to see CB4. <laughs> like, we're going to see CB4. It's going to be great. And then, like, I remember shoveling snow all weekend and not seeing yeah, CB4. Fire in the Sky, according to this, 6.116. Yeah. And CB4 6.122. Yeah, so it was CB4. So, like, so if there was no snowstorm, it, yeah, when I wish they should re-release those movies today. <laughs> just say like a fair shake in the summer. Who I don't remember uh, very many, but I do remember one hotly contested weekend. So I'll give you, I can give you a movie, and you tell me what else came right. out that that weekend. All right, this is Quick and the Dead. Quick and the Dead, uh, not just Cause, right? Was uh-huh. it just Cause? But it was it's not like, what I'm thinking of, at least. Those came out the same month, but not the same week. What was the other hotly contested? I'm pretty sure that Quick and the Dead and. Uh, Billy Madison came out. You're right. You're day. exactly right. And that Billy Madison was the surprise upset number yep. one. And it was funny, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And the same director made CB4 and Billy Madison. Oh, that's, right. that's right. That's right. I worked for her. It was my one of my first jobs in LA. Really? Yeah. She yeah. She's married to Mike D. Mm-hmm. She made mm-hmm. both those films that's right. and that's half right. baked. Yeah. She's unfortunately she in director it. jail because of Crossroads. Yeah, that's not, that's not fair. That's not fair. She's done a lot so, of TV since then. This also proves, like, the fact, like, what I always like to think where people are like, oh, I can't believe these things are connected. It's like, dude, if you know enough data, everything's connected. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You can't really stray too far besides incredibly extreme events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just like, can you believe that, like, his middle name is also Jerry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's totally. That's funny. That's why Cyprus is a little bit of a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you would be like, I don't, I don't know anyone card. else. That's lived in Cyprus. No, I don't either. I mean, except the people that were there. But I never, like, since leaving, run into <laughs> someone parents. who's like, oh, yeah, right. I was also in Cyprus. Yeah, That's but now I'm you are the connector to Cyprus to everyone you meet. Yeah. And there's one girl that I went to school with who's now a semi-famous actress. She's on the show New Girl. So she's, I see her from time to time. She lives out here, and that's the only connection I have to, to Cyprus. Wow. When we hang out and reminisce. I wrote a, back when I had MySpace, I wrote a MySpace blog about mm-hmm. uh, what I, I was nostalgic for the time and I had examples that I won't remember but it was I think like using 91 as an example I, I mm-hmm. chose uh, Friday the 13th whatever uh, basically three wildly different movies right. a, a budget genre and they all opened on 1100 screens yeah and they all debuted to about 11 million dollars but then the total gross was like one made 178, one made 40, and one made 20. And the difference that I was trying to illustrate was that back then, every mm-hmm. movie started off mm-hmm. on the same level playing field, and it was the audience that decided yeah. what was going to become a blockbuster. And right. it was, nowadays, was the blockbusters are decided well in advance yeah. by the studios, and they're just, you uh, comply. Yeah. And it was... Like, nobody in a million years, if I had a, my job as a box office analyst in 1987, I would never have been like, you know what the number one movie of the year is going to be? Three Men and a Baby. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's bonkers. So if anyone's still listening, yeah. <laughs> um, for uh, the sake of actually having an ending, is there is there anything that the adult you today 
would tell the uh, 13, 14, 15 year old you if you could like a uh, call back in a time? Would you? Is there anything you would tell them? Mm. Wow. <laughs> is it too heavy? Like we keep doing it? Uh, I think that I learned pretty quickly how to navigate the social world by suppressing <laughs> the nerdier <laughs> aspects of, of my life. So I, 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 I did a pretty good job. And then I, but it was a little late. I think when I was 12 and 13, uh, I was starting to get interested in girls. And I thought that the best way to get them to like me was to quote Ace Ventura nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> and just right. do Jim Carrey impressions all the time. Yeah. I would advise my old self against that. Although I figured it out eventually that that was not the way. You have to go through that. Yeah, but maybe you do have to go through it. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I mean, that's um, an interesting question. Believe it or not, while you're thinking, I can yeah. I can say that I went and saw Mijo Black with a girl uh, when I was 16. Mm-hmm. And it was the girl that I liked, and I was watching Micho Black, and it, I don't know if you've seen it, but Brad Pitt plays Death, and he, yeah. he's like very silent, and he doesn't do, he doesn't say much of anything, and the girl will just ask him questions, and he just looks at her, and she's like, "God damn it, I love you so much," and uh, I was like, "This is the way. This is the way to get girls <laughs> is to just be quiet and listen." And I put that into practice and saw immediate results. <laughs> so Micho Black taught me how to mm. to be with girls, which is just to like shut up. Wow, yeah, that's, that's a movie that taught you. <laughs> not, I don't know. I think you know. I, you know, this is probably not about movies, but like L.A. was always tripping to me because like I grew up where I did, and like I had never just everyone was kind of at my level financially, and coming to L.A. was like I just thought like, man, I'm gonna be kind of so like unique, but I wasn't. I don't know, just not to compare myself to other people. Especially yeah, in L.A. Because that was the one thing that kind of... This is not really about the release date thing, but L.A. was so trippy to me. It was a culture shock. I really probably haven't gotten over, and I've been here for about 13 years. No, but that is a movie thing. I mean, why... why I know. We know about L.A. so young. So I know. Because of that. But mm-hmm. I kind of had this chip on my shoulder coming here early. And sure. I just, I, you know, I, when you first said, what would you tell yourself, I first thing that jumped in my head was move to New York <laughs> instead but like I love LA it took me a, it just took me a while yeah and yeah. That, that's what I was most surprised about like I, I like I probably wouldn't live in LA like if it wasn't for like this part of town like the east side it's so great and I love living here but it just took me a while to get yeah you know used to LA and thinking like man it's gonna be like crazy when like people hear about this like I know when White Man Can't Jump came out and like it's gonna help me but like it's just yeah. it's hard it was hard but and then you meet someone else. Who yeah, I know. It. Yeah, well, not even that. Lots of other people, right? Yeah, it's like just. Dave, I heard David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green can do it. Yeah, really. But he's a, he's more of an '80s guy. Yeah, and I have another friend, Morgan, who's older and has different years, but can do the same thing. That's crazy. Yeah. So I I don't know what if, like advice about it would be about different things, but yeah. that it's that answer your question. Back to the Future Two, way better than you remember. I believe no, that. I, I believe it, that you said that. It's darker. It's like crazier. It's what, like, what, and what date was it? That was. Thanksgiving week, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, 1989. That's uh, as 116 million. Yeah.